back to the Raw Prospect Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, joining me from Austin, Texas, the Stat King himself, Mr. Michael Ween. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 172 of the Raw Prospect Podcast. Today, we're talking about the NBA draft. It's a full lottery mock draft. I believe our first one that we've done on this podcast. It's going to be fun. I have the odd picks. Emmy has the even picks. And we're just going to jump right into this uh, since we have 14 picks to get through. Probably not going to do any trades today. This is our simulator. Hopefully, everybody can see it well enough. If you're on audio, though, you'll just hear the picks uh, and hear our explanations for it there. But you can see the simulator if you go to our YouTube channel or wherever you can view our podcast. So, um, this is a really good draft. I think there are a lot of solid, at least very solid role players in this draft. I think it's a deeper draft, excuse me, deeper draft than last year. Um, Obviously, there's maybe even a couple generational prospects at the top of this draft. And... The lottery was interesting, Um, and the Spurs won the lottery, which means I will be making the pick for the Spurs at number one. Um, Before I make the pick, as I think we all know who I'm going to pick, your thoughts on um, what the Spurs are going to do at number one (laughs) before I make the pick? Um, I think you know. Well, it... Well, I, I I disagree. It's pretty unclear. I think um, <laughs> you have you have a lot of different people you can go with. Um, nah, um, it, it's it, I'll, I'll just let you say. I, I mean, it's it's pretty self explanatory. Yeah. So with the first pick in the twenty twenty three NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wimbayama, Metropolitans ninety two France. Uh, this is the centerpiece. For the Spurs, uh, moving forward, they get their guy, generational international prospect, seven five. He's listed at seven five here. I don't know that he's two twenty. Uh, maybe he is. Uh, the concern, obviously, is will he stay healthy and how how will his game translate from a French schedule playing one game a week to playing an NBA schedule three to four games per week. Um, And how much of a workload do the Spurs give him? There are rumors that he's not going to play summer league, which I agree with, but he's a generational prospect. Average 21.2 points, 10.5 rebounds, and three blocks this past year in the French league. The ringer lists him at 7'4", 230, only 19 years old. Some people are calling him the greatest prospect in decades, the greatest prospect since LeBron. I'm not huge into those comparisons. I think Wimbanyama is his own unique player. He's a unicorn in a sense in that we just really haven't seen seven five guys like seven four seven five guys with the ball skills that he has and the shooting ability that he has and the ability to actually bring the ball up the court with the ball handling skills that he has. He's got an all-around game, uh, extreme ability to affect the game defensively, and he'll be the centerpiece for this Spurs team. And hopefully, 
I, I'm confident that the Spurs coaching staff can develop him into an all-star caliber player with the skill set that he already has. He's been playing against pro competition, although not quite at the NBA level. My biggest question is, does he stay healthy? And what does that look like over the course of a 60-game workload probably in his first year? Do they manage his minutes? But that's all stuff we can talk about once he's drafted. It's an easy pick, though, for me. Victor Wimbanyama, number one overall. All right, yeah, simple enough. Um, only thing I'd really say is if you're not buying the whole Victor Wimbanyama hype train, um, just give it some time because we've we've heard you. I'm sure you've heard the narrative before, or or you've heard it been said that in the Euro League it's pretty difficult to score with their style of play. Um, so 21 points per game under that context is pretty impressive considering if your ball hits the, hits the rim in the Euro league, defenders can pick your ball off of the rim. There's no basket interference once the ball touches the rim. So different things like that. Um, the other thing is we talk a lot about vertical spacing or vertical gravity when it comes to rim running centers. Victor Weminyama is going to have that turned up to 11 as soon as he steps on the court. Um, I mean, my my thought process is when, when he steps onto an NBA floor, teams are going to learn quickly. You got to send a second. You got to send bodies to this man. Like you got to um, cheat to one side of the floor, uh, do different things. You got to send different – like. Uh, looks at him and that's going to put a lot of pressure on his passing ability and whether he can be a playmaker and make his teammates better a la Nikola Jokic so we'll see if that turns out to be the case that's just my theory uh, but all right let's let's move on to the second pick with the second pick uh, the Charlotte Hornets will be selecting Brandon Miller out of Alabama um, Brandon Miller, 60, not 69, 6'9", 6'9", <laughs> six, six, forward out of Alabama. So, sorry, guys. Um, oh, boy. 6'9", um, forward out of Alabama. Um, he's, you know, a shooter that you don't typically see uh, at his age. Uh, 37% from three in his freshman year and has the shooting form to shoot even better than that. There's reason to believe he can, he can go much, much higher here in the coming years as well. He's the prototype you want. Um, the big rim pressuring wing um, that can defend at a high level, defend multiple positions. Um, the thing that the Hornets were really missing last year, obviously, with the absence of Miles Bridges, was front court athleticism. And now you throw him in there, you have Kai Jones, you have a couple other guys um, on that front court you drafted last year. I think it's really going to start to show itself. The, the future of the franchise is really going to start to show itself from that point, now that you give LaMelo Ball more 
partners in crime. Yeah. Um, it's a conversation. It's a very interesting conversation for the Hornets. Here's the one thing I'll say. They're, in college basketball, you don't find 6'9 forwards who come out as polished as Brandon Miller comes out from Alabama. The real questions, I think, are off the court right now. Uh, but he's got a deadly mid-range game. He can score off the dribble. Needs to be more aggressive at times. Uh, got a deadly turnaway jump shot. Shot 38% from three uh, in his freshman season at Alabama. And no, he didn't have a great tournament showing, but there's a lot of stuff hanging over his head. Um, I think he's a good fit for the Hornets. Um, so with that, we'll move on. And this puts the Blazers in a really interesting position. As you can see, they're at number three. You still have Damian Lillard. You still have Anthony Simons. Um, and Scoot Henderson is sitting right there for you to draft. Uh, he's going to be really good. Uh, you don't find point guards coming out at his size, his muscular strength, his ability to score at all three levels, although he needs to improve as a shooter. But you know, with Dane there, with Simons there, you really don't need that. For me, this conversation comes down to do you go best player available, which is clearly Scoot Henderson, or do you go more for the fit? If you're going more for a fit and a guy that can, um, I guess, make an impact right away at his position, I really love Cam Whitmore. But neither guys are great shooters, so I'm going with the higher upside. I think if you're the Blazers, you're further away from contending than you are. Like, you're closer to the lottery than you are to contending for a championship in the Western Conference. So I'm going to elevate your ceiling, and I'm going to go Scoot Henderson. I just don't think you pass him up at number three. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to have to agree with that. I mean, Scoot Henderson, I even considered him at two with Charlotte. Um, I think a Scoot Henderson-Lamello backcourt would be fantastic, absolutely. I just thought the need for a wing outweighed um, what Scoot was going to give you just because you already have a Terry Rozier who's a scoring point guard in that mold. Um Obviously, you're not gonna. That's not gonna be like a real reason to not draft Scoot Henderson because if you want Scoot Henderson, you're gonna get rid of Terry Rozier anyway. But um, I think the Hornets were in need of a wing like Brandon Miller here. So um, on your points, though, I think it really becomes such a weird situation if we get Scoot Henderson because not only do you have Scoot and Anthony Simons, you also have Shaden Sharp. Obviously, Shaden Sharp is taller and can play some small forward, possibly, but you still fall into a similar trap that you fell into with Damon TJ with two small guards, but now even more so. You have a, a four-guard lineup 
possibly. Um, like your four best players possibly in a few years could be four guards. And that's that's a problem. Uh, but best player available, and you you move on from there. You can – I think if the board were to fall this way, that's where the Blazers could get a ton in a trade. Right. Exactly. Um, so you're up next with the Houston Rockets. Um, Houston. Okay. I think, um, personally, this might be a hot take, Houston fans, but I'm, I'm dead serious on it. I'm dead set on it. I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. is your point guard in the future. I really don't. Um, I think if you're Houston, you might be the team that needs to move up to three to get Scoot Henderson so that Portland or somebody else doesn't take him. Um, that I think he's your guy. You pair him up with Jalen Green. But in this scenario, he's not available. So if you're looking at point guards, you're looking at forward, small forward. I think, I think the pick here is Cam Whitmore. Um, wing out of Villanova. The athleticism there. I think he's going to pair well next to a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. Um, you you just you can immediately throw him into the starting lineup. He played it uh, in that great program at Villanova. We've seen so many solid NBA players, great NBA players, come out of Villanova in the past few years. And I think Cam Whitmore has really been overlooked in the draft process. Yeah, Whitmore is, as the days go by, getting more and more looks as a guy that could even go top three, um, but definitely top five. He's risen, I think, a bunch here the past couple months. Uh, Look, he's not the best three-point shooter, although he's not the worst. There's something to work with there. Um, Look. For me at Detroit, I think he was one of the guys I was considering, but he profiles as a guy who's going to fit positional need-wise for any team that he gets drafted to. He profiles as a fantastic perimeter defender, a two-way guy, fantastic finishing skills around the rim, can play make some. I really like Cam Whitmore, and we all know that these guys who come out of Villanova, who come out of Kansas, who come out of these high-profile programs with high-profile coaches that have been developed uh, usually turn out pretty well. Um, I really like Cam Whitmore. Uh, I think that's that's a piece that you want to have on your team if you're the Houston Rockets. He was one of the guys I was considering at five with the Pistons, but with the fifth pick, In the 2023 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons are going to be selecting Jairus Walker, power forward out of the University of Houston. Um, Look, for the Pistons, it's an interesting situation. You've drafted guards three straight years in the lottery, and I think it's time to go a different direction. Um, I think Walker 
especially with his size, 6'7", 233, the ability to switch as a defender. He profiles as a super strong defender in the NBA. I think you can build something really special defensively with the length that you have with Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, who you drafted last year, and Jairus Walker uh, in that defense. Uh, he's a physical presence, can make an impact on the glass from a rebounding perspective, which I think the Pistons really need. Uh, I don't think he screams future star, but he screams really, really good role player and really, really good interior defender, switchable, versatile big man that you want to have on your team and can still give you, you know, 10 to 15 points a night with his low post game. Uh, I think this is the pick if the board falls this particular way. Uh, and you go Jairus Walker. Potentially, the aside from Wimbanyama, the best, you know, big guy in this draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I I watched quite a bit of Jarrett Walker at Houston, and he was just he he st- he jumped off the screen for that Houston team. Just the athleticism and just he's so toolsy as a power forward. Um, he he has some room to grow, definitely, but everything you want from a power forward is there with him. I, I, just his build is NBA ready already. He's not going to be skinny and fro. You're not going to have to worry about any of that type of stuff, which uh, Jarrett Walker. Right. Okay. Um, now for my next pick, it's, it's a little bit difficult for the magic because you, you do have some pieces already there solidified. Um, I would question possibly their center room. I think their center uh, rotation could use some help, uh, especially after trading away Mo Bamba. Um, I think someone after Wendell Carter Jr. should be considered because of how injury-prone Carter Jr. is. Um, So I'm not going to go center here. I'm not going to reach for a center, but – I'm going to be going with Eamon Eamon Thompson out of uh, G League Overtime Elite. Eamon Thompson is an elite athlete. Unlimited unlimited potential on both ends of the floor. Um, It's going to take time, but I think for this Orlando team, you draft him, you have him off the bench the first few years, and then I think – you're going to see it pay dividends year two, year three, year four. Um, I think year one might be a little bit of a struggle, just like a little bit how, of how it was with uh, Jalen Suggs. But um, the upside is definitely there. Um, anyone who averages 17 points per game in college has some scoring shots to them. There's no question about it. He's got to work on his jump shot. But the defensive potential – He's already shown it, and offensively, I think he's going to grow with around this young core. Yeah, I really like Eamon Thompson. The Thompson twins are a real interesting case in this draft. Unless you watch a lot of the G League elite stuff, uh, 
it's easy to not know a whole lot about them, but they're definitely interesting. Uh, I love that pick for the Magic. Uh, I think you made the right decision. So moving on to the seventh pick in the 2023 NBA draft. It's a, it's a good board still. There are still a lot of really good players here for the Pacers. Uh, you look at the Pacers roster, you still have uh, Miles Turner with two years and $20 million left, I believe. You have Buddy Heald. You have Tyrese Halliburton as your number one. Uh, you have some good pieces here, guys you drafted in the past. Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Uh, he's still, I guess they still have George Hill. Uh, that's sort of surprising. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think you just got to start filling out this roster. This might, and you have a, you have a lot of picks. I mean, you can see on the screen, you got the 26th pick, you got the 29th pick, you got the 32nd pick and you got the 55th pick, uh, all from different teams. So the Pacers have five picks in this year's draft. This being, I think the most important though, uh, this might be surprising. And if you're not a real college bat. You're not a, you're not enthralled in college basketball like I am. You may not know as much about him as maybe I do or some other guys do. I'm gonna go Taylor Hendricks, the power forward slash small forward out of uh, UCF. Um, to tell you a little bit about Hendricks, average 15.1 points per game. Really good three-point shooter, can stretch the floor, 39% from three. Uh, has a huge wingspan, 7'1", 19 years old, 6'8", about 2'10", 2'15". This says 2'6", 9", 2'10". I mean, those measurements vary from whatever site you'd look at. He's a really springy athlete, which I think is very intriguing for the Pacers. I think he could play a little bit of small ball five, or he has that versatility too defensively. Um, a guy who's going to come in, work hard, be scrappy defensively, have that length. He's going to provide that two-way versatility, going to make him an ideal fit in most systems, in my opinion. Uh, my only knock on Taylor Hendricks is he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities to initiate offense by himself. Uh, we're going to have to see that more in the pick and roll, but really talented two-way springy athlete, a heady interior defender, played some center in high school. I don't think he can be a consistent small ball five in the NBA, but you can play him there in spurts. He can defend the four. He can defend the three. He's really versatile as a defender, a pretty good shooter. Uh, and I think he'll continue to develop at the next level. Um, he's a little bit of a project, but I think you can work with him. Freshman, 19 years old, super young, and the traits are off the charts. Um, so I'm going to go Taylor Hendricks for the Pacers. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, now for the Wizards. Um, I'm going to go with Anthony Black. Is Anthony Black still available? I, I can't yeah, he uh, is. quite see. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm going to go with Anthony Black here. Um, I mean, out of Arkansas, he's a point guard that was a highly touted recruit. Um, lived up to expectations, in my opinion. Um, I mean, 
the athleticism with this guy is off the charts. I mean, you, we're going to say this a lot with lottery picks, obviously, because you're going to draft high up, high upside in the lottery. That's just how it goes. But Anthony Black, I think at the point guard position, um, his ability to score the ball, his ability to control the pace of the game is continuing to grow as the season went on. I think his continued improvement throughout the season is a great sign. If you're a Wizards fan, um, I think it's a great fit. And it would be even better if Bradley Beal got the heck out of there because then they can really start to develop their young guys. Yeah, I like that pick. Love Anthony Black as a prospect. Um, I think he'll fit well there. So with that being said, up next with the ninth pick, before we get to your Dallas Mavericks with the 10th pick, uh, we have the Utah Jazz, and th- there's a couple different directions I think I can go. Uh, you look at the board, I mean, Oswar Thompson is still available. A uh, good shooting wing, and Grady Dick is available. Uh, really, I'm high on Jalen hood Shafino, who played at Indiana last year, was really good next to Trace Jackson Davis, has the size, a lot of things that you want as a point guard that they could add to that backcourt uh, and then you start getting into you know case and wall I think we're in that territory where you could think about a case and Wallace type player um, for me though I think looking at the Jazz's roster with Sexton still has is that what that means three years 17.3 million left um you have Jordan Clarkson. I still think you need more wings. Um, you need to get more athleticism on the wing. So with that being said, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go with Oswar Thompson. Um, I think he's the best, the best prospect available here. If he's at nine, you take him. Uh, He's, I think, I like Eamon better, but uh, he gives you a lot of the same athleticism traits that Eamon has, and I think you can work with that if you're the Jazz. Um, I still got to brush up on his game, but uh, he was the best player available, and I think for the Jazz, you just got to become more athletic and more versatile on the wing. Um, so you can play him at point guard. You can play him at shooting guard. He could probably even play some small forward for you. Um, I think that accomplishes that. So Thompson at nine. So now we, now we've come to that point where the Mavericks are on the board and I'm interested to see what you, what you do. Um, I've been, I've been waiting a while to talk about my Mavs on this podcast. Um, to be honest, I wasn't expecting the lottery episode would to be my slot to talk about my maps, us not being in the playoffs. I'm still salty about it. But anyways, um, the Mavs' needs are very, very simple. Um, they need size and athleticism, particularly on the wing and on the interior. Um, the Mavs don't have a center that's 
well, a a center in the rotation over seven foot tall. Um, so that is a problem, but that's not what I'm going to be addressing here. I'm going to take a, a wing that I've had my eye on for a while for the Mavs. It might seem like a reach to some of y'all, um, but I'm going to go with Leonard Miller out of the G League Ignite, uh, 6'9 wing. Look, I, I think whenever you get – you find a wing of that stature, right, um, immediately you think, okay, can guard multiple positions, you know, can pressure can pressure the rim on cuts and be a passing option for Luka. Still needs to develop the three-point shot. That's going to be a common denominator with a lot of these guys in this range of the draft. But the Mavericks have been successful developing their young guys the past few years um, under the Nico Harris era, under the Jason Kidd era. So I feel good about drafting the upside and being confident in our coaching staff to do the rest. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm somewhat unfamiliar, but uh, I like it. I like going upside. Um, getting more athletic, as you said. So with that, the 12th pick, we have come to the uh, or Orlando Magic, Magic once again. Okay. Uh, getting confused looking at the screen because it says previous, next up, and then on the left it has the actual pick. Uh, this is the second pick for the Orlando Magic in the lottery, and I believe at five you took – or. It was six, right? Who'd you take at six? You took six. Eamon I Thompson, took right? Eamon Thompson, correct. Okay. Um. So yeah, look. I mean, I think for the Magic, there's a lot of options you can go with here. Still, um, a really, really good board. Uh, you get Eamon Thompson at six. I think what I'm going to do here is. Um, I'm going to take Grady Dick, the shooting guard, seven, six, seven out of Kansas. Uh, we have a Dick pick here. Uh, that was sort of, I don't know how y'all will react to that. Uh, they need hey, shooting. It's, Pride Month. it's 2023. It's all good. They need shooting and boy, the Dick can provide you that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Magic ranked 24th in three-point percentage and 27th in three-point attempts last year. Uh, he's got good size. He's a sharpshooter wing with a with some playmaking skill, uh, which I think can make him more than just a sharpshooting specialist, but he'll definitely fill that role. Um, he's got a good feel for the game, well-coached, well-developed out of, out of Kansas. He's also – become more of a threat pulling up off the dribble. He's going to hustle. He's great as a catch-and-shoot guy. Um, really, you know, the only thing he really needs to work on is his burst off the dribble to create space by himself and getting all the way to the basket. Um, but, and I think he's probably a little bit of a defensive liability as a rookie in the NBA. But with the shooting and the other things that he provides you, uh, I really like Grady Dick for the Magic. Okay, yeah. I, 
I, I agree. Um, you know what? I, I, we were talking about it before the podcast. You know, the the fact that the possibility of a Jalen Suggs, Grady Dick backcourt is a very real possibility in this draft. Um, <laughs> Suggs Dick um, is the new is the new sex land. Sex, Sexton and Garland got torn apart. Now we have possibly Suggs Dick. Um, anyways, uh, I think it's a great take for the match. As I mentioned, the shooting. It's it's a necessity in today's NBA, um, especially around a guy like Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. You need as much spacing as you can get for rim pressuring wings, guys who like to operate in the mid range. You need the shooting to detract from se- other teams sending extra guys at your star players. So great pick there for my pick. Uh, with the 12th pick in the NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be selecting Chris Murray out of Iowa. Uh, uh, Chris Murray is a forward, um, th- played three years at Iowa. I think these are the type of guys the Thunder want to get. Experienced guys in college basketball come in play right away, contribute right away. He's going to be a guy who's going to know how to be a role player. We saw that with Christian Brown in the NBA Finals. Those type of guys that can come in and give you impact right away are so important. Um, and now that we've seen a guy like Cam Johnson and guys of that nature succeed late in the lottery, I think more and more picks like this are going to happen. Um, and Chris Murray, he improved his three point shooting year over year. He, it, it did actually drop a little bit his, in his three point shooting, his final year, his third year, but his attempts went up. Um, so, and his true shooting percentage went up as well. Um, so solid role player here. That's my thinking. Yeah. And I think the Thunder agree with that thinking. Um, so with that, it brings us to my last pick of the lottery mock with the Toronto Raptors. For me, I have a couple options. When I think of the Raptors, um, Fred Van Vliet's future in Toronto is very uncertain at this particular moment in time. Um, and even if he does stay in Toronto, which I don't know that I foresee, uh, but if he does, they still could use some size next to him in the backcourt. Um, and there are options here. I mean, Nick Smith Jr. wouldn't be a bad pick here. Uh, the point guard out of Arkansas. Kaysen Wallace is a guy that's getting some looks in the, in the late lottery area out of Kentucky. Uh, but I'm really high on Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. As I mentioned, he played uh, – he was like the number two guy on that Indiana team last year. Um, playing next to Trace Jackson Davis, got a lot of experience in the pick and roll. Uh, I really like this kid. Um, his draft stock, as I said, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, but the Raptors feel like a very solid landing spot for him. 
Um, big cerebral guard, thrives as a playmaker, as I mentioned, can play in the pick and roll, and can make shots in the mid-range. Uh, could use some work as an outside shooter, but uh, he's got a lot of good skills. On-ball defense, fantastic. Great feel for the game. He's a pull-up threat. Good mid-range shooter. Um, sort of inconsistent at times. Uh, his handle could use some work, but I really like Jalen Hutchifino. He has a lot of the tools that uh, you're looking for in a bigger point guard slash shooting guard. Um, and I think he'd be a great fit in Toronto. So Jalen Hutchifino is off the board at 13. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. That's actually who I was thinking of. Uh, for pick 14 for the Hawks. Uh, just a athletic combo guard, come off the bench, be a backup point guard, can control the offense. Um, I think his, I think early, early days in his NBA career, he could be sort of a defensive pest, kind of a a la Jose Alvarado. We've seen those types of types of guys come in and make an impact right away. But He's also a better offensive player than Jose Alvarado. So I think solid pick overall there. Um, okay. Now, last pick of this draft. Um, for me, I think Derek Lively Jr. is the best player available, but I, I don't think that's a pick that's necessary for the Hawks. Um, there have been rumors about Clint Capella and John Collins, but those have been – roaming around for years now. I don't think they're going to be pulling the trigger on that. So I think center is out of the question. Um, for this pick, I'm going to be going with Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. Um, he's a guard, um, a, a combo guard with a eight foot six standing reach. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, six, six, four without shoes. Um, Shot 48% from the field this year, jumped from 38% his freshman year, became a lot more efficient, improved from the three-point line. Um, he's clearly a guy that going into his sophomore season put in the work, and that's always a good sign to see that significant improvement. Um, and I think in this case, he'll step in with Atlanta and be a solid role player and eventually be a solid shooting guard coming off the bench um, with his improved shooting ability. Yeah, I like that pick. Man, this site did Kobe Bufkin dirty by not having his picture there. But um, nevertheless, really like that pick. It was a fun lottery mock. What? Do you, let me make the pick, and then we can give some – parting shots on our first ever NBA lottery mock draft. What stands out to you? Um, The thing that stood out to me is I think best player available when you're in a spot where, you know, maybe you're not able to find the trade partner. Obviously it takes two to tango. If you're not able to find the trade partner to move down, Best player, best player available is always the way to go. Obviously, 
this isn't going to be the way the draft turns out because there's always going to be trades. But I think we did a good job encapsulating, um, you know, if there was a universe where draft day trades didn't happen, this would kind of be the way it would go because best player available and then the teams will come calling for that valuable player you you got. Right. I'm just so excited for the draft as a whole. I think what – here's the situation. I'm leaving town on Saturday for a week, and I'm going to be in a house with all my cousins and my entire family. So there really won't be a quiet place to do a podcast. Uh, as you can imagine, 25, 26 people in one house uh, on a beach trip uh, isn't an ideal place to do a sports podcast, unfortunately, which is why we're giving you guys so much content this week. But we are going to record a couple, maybe a couple more episodes later this week before we both leave. Uh, as Emmy leaves the day I get back, um, and the draft is next Thursday, and we're going to put those out next week. So you might not see those this week. This will probably be the last episode that you'll see for this week, along with the Longhorn Deep Dive that we recorded earlier. But uh, we will have a couple things that will be put up on our feed uh, for next week, so we keep you guys uh, in the loop at least, and we're not just void for 10 days while we're both on vacation you'll still get some content um also keep an eye out for our patreon uh and what this mock draft will be posted on our social media uh emmy's doing a great job handling our social media but i think uh we might just um post a full first round mock draft eventually i might decide to do that or we might get together sometime and do that before the draft starts and just post it on our on our social media even if it doesn't get you know a full podcast that would be okay but we'll see what happens um just really excited for for Wimby I've been watching some of the uh French League playoffs that they're having right now and while his sheer numbers aren't what you really think think they might be uh he's been impressive um and he's just a thrill to watch i think the conversation at number two with the hornets is one of the more interesting conversations there is in this draft what the pellet what the not the pelicans the trailblazers do at three whether they trade out of that pick or actually make the pick is going to be fascinating and then beyond that i think my main takeaway is there are a ton of really, really good role players. And look, at the end of the day, a couple of these guys beyond the obvious are probably going to become really, really good players, possibly all-star caliber players. Um, You know, we just don't know who they'll be. But I think this draft, along with the entire offseason as a whole, is going to be fantastic. So I'm really excited. Okay. Yeah, I... I am as well. For our first ever NBA mock draft, I think this was a complete success. Um, I can't wait to dive 
deeper into some of the later draft picks. So when we get that full mock draft out to y'all, just like a screenshot of our entire draft, it can be as detailed as possible. We appreciate y'all watching. Um, any party shots, Michael? I think the Wimby stuff was my parting shot. I mean, oh well. <laughs> subscribe to the uh, channel, but, y'all. Share it with your friends. Yeah, all that type of stuff. Check out our TikTok. A new TikTok. A new TikTok just went out on there today. Um, the Instagram has been flowing with new stuff lately. I'm gonna keep that going as much as I can. Um, and I'll let you sign us off. Just like the chances of, of us not doing a ton of podcasts this week, we are going, going, gone. Peace out, everyone. Have a good night. Peace. Enjoy the draft.